Well, I'm very excited about tonight. I first met Linda back in 2016 at a, a conference we were doing in Canada. And, um, man, this woman is one of the speakers at the conference. And she hosted all the other speakers in her house. And she waited on us the whole time. Right? Like, she waited on us while she also has to speak. And that was the first thing that just, like, blew me away because I thought, how is this woman doing this? Right? Because I thought there's a meekness about this woman. And I didn't really understand meekness then. Meekness doesn't mean a lack of ability or a lack of strength. It just means a person who's animated by the strength of God and not their own strength. It's a person that doesn't think much of their own strength, but they think everything of God's strength. And as I watched Linda wait on us that whole time, and then when I watched Linda preach, and she, like, dug in, and I saw her feet get planted. And I tell you what, you know what I saw? I saw roots going down into the ground. And I saw that this woman is rooted and grounded in the love of God. And that's what was strengthening her. That's how she was waiting on us. That's how she was preaching. And I tell you what, it's like we sing the song, the lion and the lamb, the lion and the lamb. And we struggle to see how the lamb is a lion. And that's what I think about with Linda, the lion and the lamb. Because you, what you see there is a lamb, right? You see a lamb. But I tell you what, there's a roaring lion in what that woman has experienced with God. There is a force of unnatural godliness in her. And I say unnatural because you can't find it in the natural world. Right? It's a powerful, uh, powerful thing. So, Linda, I thank you so much for your friendship, for your love for the gospel. Um, it's the saying, we've heard it, those who have been forgiven much love much. And I find that this woman is always loving on everyone, everywhere she goes. And it's a powerful testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Linda, if you want to come on up and just share your heart with us. This way, this way. See green? Wow, Rick was right. It's very different looking from up here. You're all so good looking. Gosh, you should see the view from up here. It's amazing, you know? Well, what a blessing that uh, this day is here, that we are at the Branson, Missouri, conference of the one body braided together. Uh, it's just an amazing thing that we would all be gathering here. And uh, it's a humbling thing for me. So um, I want to thank Greg, Becky, and uh, all the Gospel Revolution Church, who I'm a part of. And uh, I've been watching Gospel Revolution Church for seven years now. And yet I heard all the messages from when it first started, because um, I've been plant addicted to it. And uh, so I just want to thank Greg. He's 
he has so, um, Greg Henry, when he came to my house, I just thought, how did this man get to my house? So I just didn't know, why is this man in my house? Because if you, he could tell you, if he knew where I lived, I'm in the middle of nowhere, um, out on a lake, and my husband and I live in Port Franks, and I guess I should tell you that, I'm getting ahead of my story. But uh, I'm a married woman. Uh, my husband, Glenn, and I live in Ontario, Canada. I'm an old Canadian by, eh? That's what I am. So, um, and uh, he couldn't come, but he's watching online. And uh, yeah, so we've been married for, we just celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. And so, you know, um, so yeah, we live there. And uh that's where we live. And so one day, I was um, talking to my sister Sandra in Nova Scotia, and she asked me, she said, do you know um, Peter Swart? And I said, no, not really. So then I started looking to see who that was, Peter Swart. And um, then the, the next thing I knew, Peter Swart was at my house. So he, <laughs> he was moving to Ontario or wherever. And I do grace gatherings. So what I like to do is gather people together and just share the love of Jesus, the love of the Father with them. So um, that's what I like to do. And sometimes I'll put on a gathering and get whoever I can to come and speak as well. Or I'll just meet in houses around tables like this or whatever. Like that's, um, I, I don't, uh, I, I attend the Gospel Revolution Church. But um, prior to all of this, I was in a church, you know, we've all gone to churches. I went to the Bible school thing. I did all that. I got ordained. I did all that. You know, I heard, I heard all those messages. And um, one day God said to me, um, one day, Linda, you are going to be in a room with all the big dog preachers. And I'm like, well, who, who would they even be? Like, I don't know any, and what is a big, but I know what he's trying to say to me, like the big dog preachers, people that would be people who are speaking the grace of God and people know them. So they're, you know, they're, they're out there. And I'm like, well, I don't know how that would ever happen. First of all, who are they? Because I don't know who they are. And, and what would that mean? And this was long ago. This was 20 years ago. And so I just threw that out the window, you know, like whatever that would be about. And, and it was going to be that I was going to hear more about the love of the Father and the grace of God because I was hungry and I was asking, like, who knows this message? Like, who knows more about this truth, right? So that's how one day and then all of a sudden Peter's at my door and we decide we're going to do a gathering in Canada. And he, he said he was inviting Greg and he invited a few more people. And then Gray came and he stayed, they stayed in my house. My husband had been in Nova Scotia, so he's right when there was how many? I don't know, there's four of you or five of you? And then I had rented a little cabin down below uh, where we lived because I'm out in the middle of nowhere, right, Greg? Pretty in nowhere. So there I have Greg Henry there. And um, we're doing this conference, and um, then I get hooked up into listening to his messages. And shortly after that, um, a man came at my door, and he's a man that I know, and he's gone on to be with the Lord now, and um, 
it was uh, Ron Harrison. Maybe some of you know Ron Harrison. And um, Ron came out, because I know Ron and Bev and Corinne, and I, you know, they're from Canada as well. And Ron came out, and I was doing a gathering in the house, and he said to me, um, have you ever listened to Bertie Bricks? I was like, no. It doesn't sound familiar, you know. And he, this is years, this is long ago. And he's like, you, you should listen to Bertie Bricks. You should, he's on, you should find out, find him out, right? So I went, yeah, okay. So then I kind of tuned into Bertie a little bit. And so now I know, now I know Bertie. So then I'm like, okay. Then I said to the Lord, okay, those are big dogs. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking they must be the dogs because who are the big dogs? Because I don't know any big dogs. It's me and the squirrels, like so, and the few people in, our, in the church, right? So then af after that, you know, I went doing my thing or whatever. And um, so th then when I was in church, like prior to just meeting these two, God had spoken to me, I mean, in a church that I went to, that I was going to a church. God had put on my heart long ago, there's going to be a day where you're going to be with the big dog preachers. And uh, um, that day is going to happen because I was somebody who never liked to, and I'm not, we're not glorifying the human being. I'm not trying to um, puff up the people. But I, I, I just thought, like, how would that ever happen? And he said, it's going to be a gathering. It's going to be a great big gathering. And they're going to be there, and you're going to be there. Because people in the churches that I were in, they, I wouldn't get up and preach so often. And I always had a desire to get up. I felt like I had lots to say, and I just wanted to share things. And I would never really get a chance. And then when people would be arguing over it, you know, so they wanted to be the ones doing it, and they wanted to get up. And I never, I'd walk away from that, because I don't get involved in that kind of a thing. So I just, God kept saying to my heart, that's okay. You're going to be with the big dogs one day. Like, gosh, that's so foolish, right? So here I am with the big dogs. And um, so glory to God that, uh, that the big dogs are here. And uh, here's another funny thing before I share my testimony. I want to share a testimony with you because that's, where the, that's the only thing that I can do is just to do that. But before I do that... Um, I'm so excited. I hope I don't just race through this like because I'm so excited. I feel like I'm going to burst. But today, like, the, what do you think of the messages? Oh, my gosh, are we listening to this? It's crazy. Big dog, big dog stuff, right? Like, the, oh, it's, uh, it's so powerful. I see these guys as um, big dogs and the Pauls of our day. Like, to me, I see them as the Pauls of my day. And now I know of new Paul of my day, and I know the fiddler player and the snake guy, not a real snake, but the, on the pole, the fiddler guy. And uh, it's just like I'm gleaning from you all. It's so much. It's so big, and it's so amazing that it just, um, I feel like I'm like, like spinning, you know, in a great way. So it's just powerful. And there's such a sweet spirit here. This is different than any gathering I've gone to. And we've all gone to these big gatherings over the years in, in church world, you know, for different things. Like you said, it's not a conference. There is so, it's so powerful sitting with each and every one of you. I said to Gwen, I'm going to do 
table hopping, like that's what I was doing, because I want to sit with everybody and just know that I'm in the same presence with everybody. Because we've been watching Gospel Revolution Church online for a long time, so when I'm with that group, like, because we see you at the, you know, we're there with you at the table, you know, like the, the table talks and the Bible studies. And um, so when I saw you all here, like when I came in, I was like starstruck. I'm like, oh, there's Billy. Oh, my God. And then there's like Jane, Cindy. Oh, my God. So Jane, they look really thin. They're thinner looking than they look on the YouTube. They're, and so everybody was like looking thinner and and leaner, and I was like, that's Becky? Oh, so it was like, you know, it was like amazing. So I was just in awe, it was like crazy. So, and, and, and Shelly can tell you, because when Shelly and uh, Gary sh picked me up at the airport, she came up behind me, and I almost, I wanted to scream. Where is she? Like, yeah, it was like movie stars picking me up. And uh, so, you know, we know we're not movie stars. We can have some fun, right? Like, I'm not puffing up the, you know, Paul, one plant at one water, God gives the increase. I know that. I, I know that. I know that. I'm not doing what you think I might be doing. That's not what I'm doing. Yeah. It's just amazing. And it's so good, eh? And then Matt, you know, like Matt's one of my... And then these two. These two over here, like Helena and Bertie. Like, she blows me away. She's so beautiful and amazing. And I've watched all those videos when they were traveling all over. And just with the children. And it's just amazing. And then the gospel being preached, and uh, it's just crazy what, what you guys do. And you, you both have affected my life, which I'll share more about that. The one little thing that happened with the dog thing is today when I was in my room, and what a beautiful room we have. What a beautiful room we have here. It's beautiful, right? I was saying to God, oh, my gosh, God, because I, I have a relationship with God, our Father in Christ, that I just talk to him like, like he's right in the room with me. You know, like if you came in, and my husband would attest to this, because he said when I, my, and, I, and Glenn, I'm just meaning this in a loving way, Glenn. He said to me, oh, my gosh, when she comes back, she's going to be crazier than when she left. <laughs> just so you'll know that, right? So, like, because I can't turn it off. And so he said, oh, she's going to be, I got to leave when she comes back. He wanted to actually redirect me that when I go from Chicago to Springfield, or, yeah, Springfield to Chicago to Toronto, I could maybe get on another flight and go visit somebody for a while. So I get this kind of, you know, because you're going to go home with this. We're all going to leave here. Like, this is amazing what's going on here, but we're going to go home, and we're still, what, what's the greater thing is the resurrection power, the life of Jesus dwells in us. And that life, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead in a body, flesh, and bone to never die again, that life dwells in us. So we're hearing more from the big dogs and the little dogs. Let me talk, tell you about the little dogs. The little dogs at the table, this body of Christ together, oh, amazing, so powerful. Everyone has something to share from their heart about the life of God. Just mind-blowing. There's such a sweet spirit in this room and a powerful spirit. It's hard to kind of explain. I could just sit in it and I would be fine. And it's like a love of God our Father that you know. It, to me, it's, it's new for me to be in a room where everyone already knows the gospel and the power of the resurrection in Christ because we're gleaning from the big dogs. And the big dogs have imparted in my life things I never even knew. 
And uh, so it's, and I don't know why we didn't know, because <laughs> we believe in the resurrection, but I didn't know it the way I'm growing in the knowledge of this now. So when, earlier today, I got, fear came on me, because that's what can happen, you know, fear, the, the, the fruit of death, you know, the, the, the thing of it coming at me, what are you doing? You can't get up there and say anything. You little dog, you, you know, you're just a little dog. Like, what do you got to say? And I was saying to God, oh, my gosh, don't let me panic. Calm me down and all that. Then I said, what was that scripture, God? Like, what's that about? What is, about that, what is that story about in the Bible um, with the dog? She said something about she was a dog eating the crumbs under the table. Like, what is that? I don't know. I can't remember, God, what that's about, and I can't look it up. But I feel like a little dog, and I'm coming in to eat a little bit of food. And Bertie Brits got up today. And we know that he mentioned that scripture, and he, ex he explained what that was. And I was sitting down there, and the dog thing, right? He's one of the big dogs, and I, I'm, I'm God's dog and still eating. And there's no one bigger than the other. Like, the, there's no big dog and little dog. But he, I don't hear that scripture uh, preached that often um, anywhere. So how it would come out of big dog's mouth to me, like big dog, about little dog? I was gone, and then John Fazio and Susan are, can testify that this happened, and I was floored. Then, then I just thought, he's one of the big dogs that I saw before I met you, and then you, you're, here I am standing in front of you, which I've been with Bertie before because we did a conference in Canada, and he came to it, um, and so I've met him before, and he's amazing. And uh, so anyway, let's pray. That's kind of a little my introduction. It might have been all over the place, but I hope you got some joy out of it. And that's what I was hoping to give. So I'm just going to share a testimony. And then um, that's really all I'm going to do and pass it over to Balaam to play the fiddle. But let's just pray. Uh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, God, for this day. That you were such an amazing God. And uh, what a father you are to us. You are so good to us. You can only ever be good to us. And I thank you for the uh, family of God here today, Lord, and that you've created us together in your life and that we are one. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. And I just uh, pray, Lord, all our hearts would be open to uh, receive from you and uh, just minister to us and through us. And uh, God, I just um, come to you and for your grace, your ability, and not mine, to just minister through me, Father. I just turn it over to you, and we thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, you know, before I was married, um, this was my first marriage, my only marriage, but before I was married, back in my single days, in my 20s, which is like, I'm not telling you, it was like 30, over 30 years ago, when I was just a youngin'. I um, found myself in a relationship with a married man, you know, and uh, I'm not here to condone that, but I found myself in a relationship with a married man, and I thought, what am I doing? How do I get out of, how do I get out of, how do I get in this? How do I get out of this? How do I get in this? So, um, Condemnation began, which I didn't even know the word condemnation then, but I'll talk like that because so I can tell the story. Condemnation began to come at me, and I just thought for sure, God must be going to take me out by now. 
you know? Because I know one thing, that's one of those commandments that you're not supposed to break. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie, steal, cheat, you know? So I thought, well, God is going to, he must be out to get me now. And uh, I used to look in the back of the, the Bible, in the glossary, you know, back then, because I'm talking, I'm talking, I should have wrote the years, I'm talking like 19, I'm talking like, oh, it's long ago, like 29 years ago, 30 years ago, no, 34 years ago. Gosh, I'm old now. Yeah, I'm an old woman now. I'm an old woman. Thank God for the new body. Thank God, Jesus. Because the brain, the memory's going, and the, you know, the body's like 60 now. But I was like 27. So I'm 60 now. There you know. You know how old I am. Okay? But we got a new body. So remember that. This one's, this one is, you know, going back. One new one clothed in flesh and bone. So anyway, I was with, uh, I was with him. And uh, I was under this condemnation, and he and his wife broke up, and that's not good and all that. And I stayed, I kept, I stayed with, I was still seeing him. And I just thought, I looked up in the, in the glossary of the Bible, the word adultery. And I used to, I was looking up, I was looking for hell, I was looking for judgment, I was looking for adultery. I don't even know why I knew those words. I just thought they must be in there, because you hear people talking like that, right? So I should tell you, I was raised in a home. I'm the youngest of 11 children, same parents too, same mother and father, and, and no adoptions. My mother had 11 children. And my mother was a Christian, you know, and my father came into the understanding of all that and received the life of God too. But I, I had not received the life of God. And my mother used to um, always kind of say things to me about the good Lord. So I just throw that out there so you'll remember that part. Um, so I, I looked in the Bible and I was looking up you know, all these words, vengeance and um, vengeance and judgment and condemnation and adultery. So I found myself opening the Bible, and I just printed it off here so I could read it. And I found the adulterous woman. You know, we know, we know the story about the woman caught in adultery, but I'm going to read it so that people watching, and just because this is what I did. So I opened up to John 8, and... Uh, but Jesus, and I'm reading from the New King James, I copied here. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And they said this, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. And so um, then when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he, was, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. Then those who heard it, convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman was standing there in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, Lord, no one. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. 
And I looked at that and I said, uh, that's not helped me at all. This Jesus character, I can't get out of this thing. You want me to go and stop being in an adulterous relationship? I can't get out of it. That's my problem. If I could get out of it, I wouldn't be looking up the word adultery in the back of the Bible. I didn't realize I was talking to God, by the way, so I'm just saying that, right, you know? So go and sin no more. I, I, that's my problem. So that's not helping me at all. So I just went about my day, and I just, and I just went on, and I was still with him, and just feeling this, you know, like condemned and wild for years, like for, for about four years. One day, I went to visit my sister, and she had a friend visiting her who was from Nova Scotia, which that's where I was born in the east coast of Canada. And so I knew her, and her name was Charlene Petrie. And I walked in on my sister and Charlene, who are filled with the Holy Spirit and believers, um, talking. Like I it reminds me of that song, Talking to Jesus, and you know how he says that a son walked in on him talking to Jesus? That song does it for me. But I walked in, and he, they were there talking about Jesus. And I walked in on that, and they were right in the heat of it. And Charlene said to me, do you know, do you know Jesus? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know, do you know Jesus? Do you know the love of God? Do you know Jesus? She was like in a panic, like coming out. And that's all she said to me was that. And I said to her, really offended, uh, I know Jesus. We celebrate Christmas and Easter and I don't believe in Bahala Hula or Mahala Dila or I'm not going to have a Buddha statue in my house. And, you know, so I was really offended. I was really offended. I remember thinking, what a nerve of voice she asked me that. My mother's a Christian, you know, like we do Christmas and Easter. And so I when I said, you know, I always talked with them for a bit and I left. And then when I was driving home, I was driving home and I started to say to God, what's she mean? Do I know you? What's she talking about? Can I know you? What's she mean? <laughs> it's the only thing that always blows me away still this day. This this that he did to me. What's she talking about, God? I don't know, I'm talking to God. This is the second time now I'm talking to God. And uh, I didn't realize, like, you don't even realize I'm talking to God. And uh, so I got home, and I was sitting on this couch, and um, my mother was a fan of Billy Graham. And back then, there was no, like, I had that cassette recorder. You know, I had a cassette recorder to leave a message. She used to leave me messages all the time, like, and listen, my, nothing against Billy Graham. You already know, hopefully, that's not what my heart is about with any of this. She. Billy Graham is on tonight, Linda. Billy Graham. Watch Billy Graham. She'd hang up. I'm like, I'm not watching Billy Graham. And this went on for like years. Billy Graham's on tonight doing a crusade. And hang up. I'm like, gosh. So she goes again. And we, because we lived in different provinces. She's 24-hour car ride away from me because I had moved to Ontario. She'd always be wanting me to watch Billy Graham. So I went home that night after my sister's friend asked me if I knew God. And I was sitting in my living room. And I started to say to God, sitting on the couch, and I said, do I know you? I, like, can I know you? 
Because if you re are real, I need to know because I'm dying inside. I'm dying. So if I can know you and you are real, I need to know. I, and this is what I said to him, and I don't know the scriptures. I don't even know any scripture. It's just that that I read. I said to him, if you, you are real, where's Sade? Oh, there you are. You need to put your everlasting loving arms around me. That's what I said to him. I need to feel your arms around me. Yeah, that's what I said to him. If you are real, I need to know if I can know you. So that, that's me talking. And then I turned the TV on. This is really foolish, but I think this was for my mother. I turned the TV on, and guess who was on? Which your aunt told me a story about Billy Graham. Is she still here, your cousin and your aunt? Yeah, so that was funny when she had mentioned Billy Graham to me today. So Billy Graham was on. He was doing his thing. You know what he does. But when I turned it on, he said this part. He said, it's so funny because he said this part. You know how he does the come, come to the front? He said, have you, you, know, have you given your life over to Jesus? So even when you're here, I was like, what's, what's he talking about? You know, they give my life over to Jesus. And I, I, then I listened to him a little bit. I can't remember how he said it, but how he went about it. And I thought, what, I said to God, whatever that is now that he's talking about, I, I, I want that. You'll have, to, you'll, have to, you'll have to do something that I will know. I, I would need to know. And suddenly... My eyes were popped open. I felt a burden and a weight, which I love how Bertie started to call sin a burden and a weight, because I felt that a burden and a weight lifted off me, like lifted off me, that I, I went into the bathroom, and I, I didn't have glasses then, because I was younger, remember? <laughs> no body coming, though, remember? Anyway, I, I was, went into the bathroom, and I looked in the mirror and I went, who is in there? I literally went, like, who is in there? And I know nothing. I'm not someone come from the church. I'm not the, not the, I don't go to church. I'm not the church girl. Just celebrate Easter, Christmas, decorations. And um, so um, I was just ecstatic. And I didn't even know what to describe because I had no language. But I'll, I'll use the language we know now because to explain it. But the Holy Spirit had come in me, and I was just overwhelmed. But I didn't know what happened to me. So I ran to the phone and called my sister. You can't even imagine those two, now what happened to them. <laughs> the one in the kitchen, Charlene, do you know the Lord? Yeah, I know the Lord. You know, all that. And what I had now, I'm telling them what happened to me. You know, And they began to tell me about how the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. So they were all excited. You know, they were like, that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, my gosh, you're born again, they were saying. You're born again. That's the Holy Spirit in you. That's what happened. You received the life of God. You're born again. And I was like, really? Like, that's crazy. Tell me more. So <laughs> they were going on and on on the phone. And the two of them there, can you imagine? Like, that's wild, right? For them, for my mother, because she uh, loved Billy Graham. God loved Billy Graham. And I think he's gone on to be with the Lord, right? Anyway, so that was a little bit of a blessing for her. And so then I decided I got to go to church. I now have to go to church and find out more about this. Because whatever happened to me, 
I need to know more about what is this about? So then I went to bed, like this is what I'm thinking that night, and I went to bed, and then when I, as I was going to bed, I thought, what if when I wake up, that's gone? Whatever that is that I'm experiencing here. And here I woke up in the morning, and it was still there. You know, I went in the bathroom again, again I said, this is crazy. And everything, I had to, I can just describe it like this, everything looked different. Color looked, I mean, it was the same color, but it felt like, because I don't have any words, right? I don't got any words to go with this. So I got no words to go with what happened to me. So I'm like, color is different. Like, everything's different. I feel like I'm weightless. So I, I then pick up the Bible again. What's that about the adulterous woman? And I go back to the Bible, and I read that whole thing again about, and, you know, what I just read, and then down to verse 11. And he said, woman, where are your accusers now? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. I'm going to sin no more. I'm like, what is he talking about then? What is he talking about? So then I flipped over in the Bible, because that's what you can do with the Bible. Because I, 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 I wasn't a Bible person, right? I flipped over, and I was flipping over. You know how in the Bible... It has those headings that tell you this is going, you know, they give headings about what the scriptures are going to be about. So it was like the work of the Holy Spirit. And so then it said in John 16, I flipped over to John 16, 5, 15. And, you know, it says, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And I was reading that going, interesting. So he's still out to get me. And then I read the next verse 9. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. But I got stuck on the of sin, because they do not believe in me. And I went, oh gosh. I did not know you, nor was I believing in you. I did not know that you did not come to condemn me. That I had unbelief. This is how it worked out in my heart. I have unbelief in my heart. I thought he was the condemner. I was going around like this for years with this. And I thought, no, it's the unbelief. I didn't know him. I had unbelief in me. So there was unbelief there. And here he's not the guy that come out to condemn me. He is not the condemner. He didn't even tell me to go leave that relationship. I don't know what the church got to make of that. I was just like, this, you, you love me. I felt love for the very first time. That love, that was love. He did something in me, and we know what it is today, but I don't have the language then, right? So I thought, he, he's not condemning me. Oh my gosh, he's not condemning me. I did not believe in the love of God. I did not know that he was the good, good God. Go and sin no more. So then I went back into the person that I was with. I thought, I'm going to tell him. 
because then maybe he'll this this is like crazy. So you know, and then here's what I was even thinking, and then he'll get whatever this is called saved. I was calling it and all that, whatever it is. I was saying those words. He'll get that, and then we can be together, because if he gets this and I get this, this is amazing. And so when I went and told him, when I went and told, because <laughs> well, those two, yeah. So I went, I went and told him. And God love him, nothing to him. I don't, I mean, we're old people now, right? I don't know where he is. And so I said to him, um, told him the story, and he said, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't want anything to do with that. And I right away was like, hmm. In my mind, I was like, that's fine. Well, that's okay. And I easily left the relationship. And I'm not, you know, like, I'm not, I just, like, walked out of it like there was no tomorrow. Because I was like, no, it's okay, no problem. And I was so happy, 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 because I thought, I can't be with anybody anyway. You don't know what this is about, because I'm done now. Sorry, I'm done. I am done. He took me out of the miry clay and set my feet on solid ground. I was dying. I was dying. You don't know how I was dying. He, and you know what? To go to that sister's house and Charlene be there at that appointed time for me and just ask me if I knew him. Do you know him? He, he, I had a revival, listen, you know when you go to these big things, church things for the revival things? I had a revival in my, in my living room. I, in my living room, I was like wide open. My eyes are wide open. I see this God that we know today, fast forward, the living God. I see him, and I knew that he was real, and he took me from death to life. I was dead, dead. I was breathing and alive, and I was in a relationship that we will call love, but I was in the love of God that shed abroad in my heart. That was not what I was experiencing, the love, love in relationships. This love took me out of the grave. I was dead, dead. I felt him like never before. I had such a radical encounter with him, it's never left me. I wake up dwelling on this. And now I said to God, I need to know more about this. So I went to the church that I grew up in that I'm familiar with. And when I, you know, church that you grew up with. And I went in and sat down. He got, and I'm not here to condemn the churches and that. They're, we were all, I'm both blind, both blind, we're blind. So, you know, he's just blindness. And so he's talking about stuff. And I, I was like, hmm, he's not saying anything that I'm thinking happened to me. So now I'm not sure what's going on. But my sister and her friend, blah, 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 blah. So I went back calling them, right? Because I thought, okay. So when I, before I left the church, I walked out and, the, you know, the minister stands at the door. And I said to him, do you know this Jesus guy? Like, I don't know. I was just, I'm a babe, I'm a babe in Christ, right? I'm just little baby mouthing up. I would never do that today. I'm a little baby mouthing up, little dog, right? And I was like, um, do you know this Jesus? Because, like, you can't believe what happened to me. And he just looked at me and he gave me a lollipop. That's what he had to hand out to me. So I went home with my lollipop. I was like, this is a true story, by the way. You can't make this up. You can't make this up. So then I went searching through the, the, the phone book. We had a phone book then, that big? Looking for something like a church, somebody to tell me something. And I ended up in this church, this people's church. Not a big people's church, a little church. And that, what, what we would say today, that pastor was a grace pastor. 
And he began to kind of peel back some things to tell me exactly what happened. That's the power of God in you. You know, and he knew a little bit about the, you know, the grace of God and the truth and all that. So he began to feed me a little bit, and I stayed there for a while. And so that, that there is kind of how that went down like that. But you know what happened to me? What happened to me was um, my eyes were popped open. The Holy Spirit opened up my, my eyes as if I could see now as in a mirror, right? You know how he does that? So I just wanted to share this with you. Let's see what I was going to be reading here. We all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And we know that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the power is not of us, right? The excellency of the power is not of us, it's of God. So what, what is it that happened to me? this whole sin thing. So we know today that the forgiveness of sin is that God does divorce us from death, right? Like Bertie explaining the forgiveness of sin today and that word that went out of here today, that there, like you can imagine how that was resonating with what I'm going to be saying. And it's like the one spirit here. We are one body, one faith, one spirit. And the God is here at work moving in our hearts and mind because we're braided together with him. You know, we have gifts differing. Like we all give, we have different gifts. And you know, I wanted to say something about that, about the whole gifts that are operating here, and um, how the body of Christ, as we know, we've heard about the gifts and talk about the gifts and this and that. But in this body here, in this group of believers that are here today, the body is working together. And the body is coming together to teach us things. And it blows my mind away. And I just want to read that um, in Ephesians. Um, let's see, I thought I marked. No, in Romans. I don't remember where I marked it. Well, you know, he's give gifts. Where did I mark that at? Okay, I didn't mark it out, and I can't see what this here. But you know how he gave some to be pastors, apostles, and preachers, and evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, you know? And then and even some more, like in Romans, where it says, um, uh, where it says that having then gifts differing, uh, so we are many and one body in Christ and individually members of one another, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them in, pro in proportion. In prophecy, then prophesy to your faith. Faith in ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And, and, and then the gifts of the fivefold ministry that operate here. And I see this body here. That how we're braided together, how we're, we have this lovely spirit that's so powerful here by the grace of God. We are learning from each other. Bertie, listen, you cannot convince me that I'm not ra being raised from the dead in a body, physical body, flesh and bones, ever now. And I... <laughs> And, and it's, it's been because of these ministries that are going on. And that's an important thing to know because Jesus raised us from the dead. 
flesh and bone. That resurrection power is our power. And that same power that raised him from the dead is what I'm talking about right now. I was dead, dead. I many years dead, dead, so I know the difference. I wasn't born not dead, dead. I was dead. And so when I hear about more about what that's about in this kind of a revelation of how his power is at work in us, it just blows me away. And to hear more about the forgiveness of sin, one day I called Greg. I said, how come we're always saying to God, God, forgive me for this. God, forgive me for that. You know, God, forgive me for this. What is the forgiveness of sin? You know, like, because I'm listening. I'm a little bit I know. I'm like, you can get confused again, right? Well, what is the forgiveness of sin? Why am I, why am I asking, am I supposed to be asking God to forgive me for everything? Because I didn't for, I didn't even ask him to forgive me for that. That's a pretty big one. Wasn't that one of the big boys? And I didn't ask him to forgive me for that. And all that happened to me. So why, oh, in the church, I mean, they're all confessing their sin one to another in this way. God forgive me, God forgive me. And uh, Greg said to me very simply, because that's one of the things we all love about Greg, <laughs> is he could reach me right where I was. And he said, Jesus died your death away and he divorced you from death. You know, that that was sending the death away from us. Because we are now standing in the grace of God, right? We are standing in the grace of God, and he, we are eating from the tree of life. So we are not eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're not eating in from the, what the first Adam did. We are eating. He divorced us from that guy. He divorced us from that guy so that we could be married to another. I just want to read, um, I just want to read John Fazio's um, Bible this. This is one of my favorite books, and I can't believe that he put it all in one thing, because I love um, the faith translation. But John Fazio was mentioning the adulterous woman. The adulterous woman is not just me and what I did committing the fruit of death experience, the lust of life, where I'm looking for love and life in all the wrong places. That, that's not the, the real whole thing there. And Greg preached a beautiful message many times about that. But look at this. This is why I don't do paper. I usually don't do anything like this. <clears throat> Just bear with me with this crazy thing. John Fazio had wrote on Facebook from the Faith Translation. Oh, yeah, it was 4-4. You adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that your maker is your husband? And the friendship and affection of the world, which can only serve you with death, is contrary to and hostile toward the judgment of God, to serve you with his indestructible life. Therefore, whoever will be a friend of the world has set themselves contrary to the judgment of God. So when I go back to that Holy Spirit convicting us of all sin and of righteousness and of judgment and of sin because they do not believe in me and of righteousness because he's gone to the Father and you see him no more of judgment because the ruler of the world is judged. Like, it's just, he's not judging us. He, we're justified by his life, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And we have that life in us. And to, to know that, that the power of the gospel is in his birth, death, and burial, and the resurrection life. That that, that, that Jesus rested in God the Father to raise him from the dead. He didn't lift a finger to come down off that cross. He, he was on the cross. 
and he didn't lift a finger. And we know that the people were saying to him, where's your God at now? Kind of like what I was saying to him when I said, you're not helping me out at all. I'm dying here. So where is your God at now? And Jesus took the sin and death of the world, my sin and death, your sin and death to the world, and rested in the Father to raise him from the dead, the faith of God. He rested, he believed that God would raise him from the dead because Jesus is God on the cross. Jesus is God on the cross. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not imputing trespasses against us. He's not imputing even the, the sin of the, the fruit of the death, the, the fruit of death, the flesh, me and the adulterous relationship. He's not even, he's not even, he's not holding that against me. That, that's not what he's holding against me. And I'm not promoting to do things like that. But I want to tell you, I'm so free of that, I don't even have any condemnation about it. There is no condemnation. He Jesus took my condemnation by condemning death. He, he, he died that away from me. But the condemnation that I was feeling is uh, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe in him is condemned already because he has believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And um, I'm thinking I'm going to stop there because I have lots to say, but I think my time is up. What time is it? So I just wanted to read a couple of things out of this um, one body braided together. You know, in 1 John 4, in this one body braided together Bible, it says this, For even if our own heart condemns us, God's judgment of innocence is greater than our heart, because he knows all things. So abide in him who is the only one who can discern our hearts for us. He's the discerner of the heart. He come to minister his love and life to me, caring for my heart. I was dying, you know. My heart was condemning me, but he's greater than my heart. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us to a life where we think that he has commanded us to bring forth fruit, but rather know that it is his good pleasure to clothe us in the fruit of his life. Then we will come boldly and stand before him with confidence. And we know that, and you know what? That's amazing, isn't it? Because the fruit of his spirit, he births that in us. We, the, the life that, you know, the abundant life is not, it's not me having an abundance of things. And I know what it's like to have no money, and I know what it's like to have a whole lot of money. So when, I, when, I, when I'm in church, and if, if that can't be the prosperity message, because I had a lot of money. I was dead, dead. So, you know, uh, so that the, the abundant life that he's going to come and serve me with is his very life, his resurrection life. He's taken me from death to life. And that there is, we're made rich in that. We inherit the life of God. I mean, we're, we're rich in him. And it, we inherited him. And there is no greater richness than that you know and so we know that and we know in verse 22 and we know that all that he has is ours so that whatever we ask and receive of him and because we have kept his commandment to abide in him and his promise to clothe us with his light and life which is the command that is pleasing in his sight and this commandment is revealed in beholding the promise that was from the beginning and was made in mortal flesh in his son Jesus Christ and being persuaded to believe on him 
and his same life as your inheritance, he was persuading my heart that day that I'm inheriting the life of God. He took me out of the grave, and I felt it. I felt that when it went from death to life. To believe, so the grace of God persuades our hearts, his power and his ability, so that you love one another, just as he gave commandment that you should partake of his life, standing before him and holy and without blame. And he who allows himself to be served by him with eternal life keeps his commandment and dwells in him, and he in him. And this is how we know that his life abides in us by his spirit, which he has given us. The commandments of God, listen, I I didn't perform any commandment. He commanded that to happen to me. He commanded light and darkness there. I I, I, I commanded anything to come out of this. I did nothing. There was nothing I could have done to go from death to life. It is the power of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. We inherit God's life. Who am I that you are mindful of me in my living room? Revival. Like that's the greatest revival in my living room. You know, he can meet you and your children and your family right where they're at. You might have been a praying mom and a praying parent. Maybe you were texting your kids to watch Billy Graham or somebody too and wondering what might happen to them. Well, let me tell you. When I heard more about the gospel that Jesus Christ has died my death away and that, you know, people in the world want to live on an earth, they're trying to save it, and they're trying to make themselves young and beautiful and they don't want to die. And this message sounds ridiculous. It's foolishness to them that are perishing. I was perishing. But to us who believe, it's the power of God and the salvation. And when we see in the world, people are wanting to save the earth. I mean, we're not allowed. I, I can't stand this simple little thing. Who made the paper straw? Like, it's like they don't want, they won't make plastic anymore in Canada, and I have to drink out of a paper straw. Like, as if that's going to save the earth. You know, how stupid. Like, it's, it's, that's a sin. That's the works of the flesh right there, right? That's a sin. The poor paper straw, you never, like it's a sin. You're trying to save the earth by killing off the paper, the, the plastic straw, whom I love. Like I love the <laughs> plastic straw. So they're all trying to save the earth and themselves. And yet when you, we, because they're blinded, and I was blinded. I was blind, blind, dead, dead. So when he opens, uh, dead, dead, Jesus was dead, dead. I was dead, dead. He took our dead, dead. He was dead, dead. But come out of the grave three days later, flesh and bone. Touch me, Thomas. I'm not a ghost. Gosh, that's powerful. Touch me, Thomas. Feel me. And yet we know him by the Spirit today, that we could believe and we never actually touched him there. But he has touched my life and heart, and he has changed me into the same image as him. He dwells in me, and I'm in him, and I'm his beloved child in whom he's well pleased. You know, he's a good, good father. When I see now the world through the eye, yeah, isn't that crazy? Like he's still trying to save the earth. But thank God for the body working together because when we're sitting and listening to the big dogs, you know, I'm not a big dog. I'm not following the big dogs. I'm a little dog, little dog eating the crumbs. Got something to say here. But when Bertie is sharing about 
how death has been conquered in the body of Jesus Christ. And he's come out of the grave, the promise from the beginning. And Greg shares this. And they're all, you know, they're all sharing this, right? We hear this message that we will be clothed in a body, flesh and bone, dwelling on a glorified earth one day in a glorified body. That's what the world is wanting. Oh, you're crazy, Linda. They got, you're, you're listening to those big dogs. And you know what? No, this resonates in your spirit because this is the truth. So when I'm talking to people that don't know yet that what God has done for them to gift them with his life as a gift, that God has come to give this life to the whosoever, I just see them as blinded like I was. He's got to remove the blinders. And so when, you, when I'm telling somebody about the love of God and Christ to them, what he can do for you, I, people may reject it, but they're, they need to hear a little bit, yeah. you know? So he gives you eyes to see that, to see people past, oh, you and your adultery behaviors, you know. I was going to say something, but I don't think I'm, I was going to say a word that might be blotted out. But, you know, like, you know, we would maybe name call people in their fruit of death, in the fruit of death that's coming out of them. It's not who they are. It's not who they are. That's not who I was. That's not who I am. They are all children of God. They just don't know yet and haven't come home. Come home. He's drawing us to himself. Come home, my child. Come on home. We know the prodigal son. He could come home. Crown you. Crown. Here's a crown. Here's a robe. The robe of righteousness. He took a vengeance out on death, and we are justified by his life. He conquered the grave because he so loved us. He didn't want us to perish. He didn't want us to perish or the earth. And he's going to make this, when he returns, this earth will be made new. And I won't be, I won't be 60 anymore. So you get old. Like, you know, you just get old. That was, I was like in my 20s. And I'm 60 now. So that's a long time ago. And that kind of a power never leaves you. That kind of a knowing you can know God from everlasting to everlasting. And I want to thank the body of Christ here working together. I see this. I see that the body, it, we're, we're, the one comes ministering like this, the apostles, the prophet. I see these, I see you guys as Pauls today. I see you, um, Rick. I see you, Rick. I listened to a couple of your messages. And I just, I was saying to, to God, and I was sharing this with Greg, you blow my mind away with the fact that it's hard to find pastors that glean from other pastors and back and forth, and that's what you guys do. I mean, that's like really not, a, that's an unheard of thing in the church world that I went in, because, you know, you end up doing all the things, that, hearing all the stuff, and not, and not hear that it's the faith of God dwelling in us, and it's him doing the work in us. So it's the faith of God and the how this body works together, that we will glean from each other. One comes with this. And then sitting around the tables with all you guys, and you're opening your mouths and sharing stuff about this very life of God in you, this same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, because we've been made alive in him forevermore. So this gospel is a gospel of power. And what the law couldn't do, grace and truth came and did. The Pharisees had it all wrong. 
their interpretation of the law. They were going to stone me. That, that was what they saw. That's how they interpreted the law. But there he is, the one who's fulfilled it, who's there to love me and let me know that he's going to serve me with a light that cannot be snuffed out or taken and clothe me in his robe of righteousness, and I'm justified by him, and I'm divorced from death, and maybe the bride of Christ. I was the, adult, I was the adulterer woman. And now we here are the bride of Christ. Yeah. And his, we have the first fruit of his life dwelling in us, producing his joy and peace and his goodness and his kindness towards us and that faith of God. Yeah. This resurrection power is real. This, this here, hearing, it's such a pleasure to have been here. Thank you very much for listening and sharing your hearts with me. And I want to thank all of you for um, preaching this message because uh, the promise from the beginning of eternal life before we were born, that this was the plan all the time in the beginning, was to serve us with his life, and that the kingdom has come now on earth as it is in heaven, and we are the temple of God, and he dwells in us, and he's come to invade this earth with the temple of God, with his life in us. And one day, should I pass on? You know, we'll go be with the Lord. But I remember my brother said to me, oh, this is, you'll like this. My brother said to me, I don't want to go to heaven. One of my brothers, I have four, so I can't say which one. I don't want to go to heaven. I like it here on the earth, he said to me. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, eh? And he's not, he he's not, doesn't know anything. Like me, blind, blind, dead, dead at the moment. Back then. He's not dead, dead now, but, you know, and I thought, that's Interesting that you would rather be on the earth. And that is because that's what he made the earth for, for him to dwell with us as we're hearing and us be here with him forevermore and enjoy life in him on an earth glorified, no death in it, in glorified bodies, flesh and bone, clothed in mortality. What a message. I want to thank you all for sharing this more because it's coming so alive in my heart. I actually feel like I'm born again, born again. I'm jumping out of my skin. Like I left the skin suit already. And uh, that's what it feels like to me. I'm going to close right there because uh, we just want to say, a, I'll say a prayer for just to close with this. I thank you, Father. We thank you, God, for your life that dwells in us and that you have conquered our death. I thank you, Jesus, for the, the body of Christ that you braided us together. And we are braided into your life and you and us and that we are your children here and that you have come to serve us with your life. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing, God, to be sitting at the feet of Jesus here with, your, with the beautiful family of God here, and that I could be a part of this. It's just a beautiful thing. And I thank you, Lord, for all these amazing pastors, preachers, how they speak into our life, Father, the one spirit, how you would even bring them into my life so that I would hear more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, the whole body. Amen.